Is that what I'm saying? Rough Trade Radio. 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 How's that? Hi, I'm Sam. Uh, I'm here with Anna von Hauswolf um, from Gothenburg in Sweden. Hi, Anna. Hi there. Thank you, first of all, for coming in and doing this. Um, it was very last minute. You came into the shop to, uh, for a bit of a photo shoot and uh, yeah, roped you into sitting mm-hmm. in here with me for a while. So really, really appreciate it. Um, Thanks for having me. No problem. Our pleasure. Okay, so yeah, we're obviously here to talk about your new album, which uh, is going to be uh, released on the 2nd of March. It's going to be one of our albums of the month for March, and rightly so. Oh, um, well. <laughs> so really looking forward to, co- to it coming out. Um, I've actually heard it through the magic of working in a record store. Um, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I really, really like it. Um, so I just wanted to talk to you about that, really, the recording process a little bit. And mm. um, you've chosen a few tracks for us to play, um, some influences, some stuff you've been listening to mm. recently, um, mm. and so on. So... Um, I always got the impression that you probably took your inspiration from a wide range of influences. Mm. Um, can you talk about some of the music maybe you listened to growing up? Uh, yeah, my I, I, the music I listened to was the music that my, that my parents were listening to. Yeah, of course. And uh, my father, he was running a label uh, and they were re- releasing lots of uh, like local punk music okay. and some rock music also a little bit um uh some experimental music uh, as well even though i maybe didn't appreciate the more experimental stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> but then there was this uh, uh fantastic uh, punk band called uh, cortex that uh, i enjoyed uh, and uh, the singer of that band freddy Wadling, he had another band with uh, henrik lip called blue for two that is more bluesy and poppy, maybe. Uh, I loved Blue for Two. And then there was this more rock and roll band called Union Carbide, uh, which some member, the members of Union Carbide later became soundtracks of our lives. Okay. So it was, uh, yeah, music like that. Uh, and then also um, more international acts. Um, like Patti Smith. It sounds like sort of growing up, you kind of exposed to a lot of music that you wouldn't sort of, for a lot of people, wouldn't be the typical kind of stuff that you would sort of, no, I you mean, know, parents would listen to, you know, through your yeah. dad's record label and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. And like you said, a lot of punk stuff. And yeah, a lo- lo- DIY lo- kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, a lot of DIY stuff. Uh, and um, yeah, we, we're listening also to The The. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Talking Heads. Um, yeah. We were listening to Depeche Mode, uh, but these were all of my like father's favorite bands. My yeah. mother, she was more into classic music. Yeah. So she introduced uh, Frédéric Chopin, Claude Debussy, uh, Eric Satie, uh, and yeah, m- many other uh, composers that have been kind of important to me in, in my composing and learning yeah. how to play the that, piano. That's really interesting. It's like from sort of when you're talking about those the first bands you're talking about like the punk bands the DIY the sort of new wave kind of stuff and then sort of your the stuff your your father liked and then oh. the stuff your mother liked and it's kind of like 
your music to me is definitely kind of like you know mm. you you can really hear that you've kind of taken those two uh. sort of influences and that's kind of the yeah. result of it it's i really think it's interesting it, to hear that that's how it i think it was kind it it was kind of important for me to have that blend of uh, genres because the classical music world is so incredibly or it can be incredibly conservative and uh, like there is one way of doing it and yeah. you have to play the piano in a particular way that there is not much uh, uh, patience for an anarchistic approach to yeah. that art form but then like within the punk scene it's like totally the opposite and rep representing something something different so it was good to have that uh, blend um, yeah. that could kind of encourage me to have a little bit more anarchistic approach to the piano and that uh, play more with imperfections and not be so scared with yeah. the, like just playing hard and loud. Yeah, amazing, brilliant. Okay, so um, we're here to sort of listen to a few tracks that you've chosen. So what's mm. the first record uh, you wanted us to play? Well, uh, I was mentioning Patti Smith earlier and um, uh, I uh, this Patti Smith, I have, I'm holding this album Horses in my hand. Yeah. And it was probably the first album that I really, really loved and that I felt was my own kind of, it was, she was my precious. She wasn't just something coming from my father or coming from my mother. It was, uh, I felt that I had a deeper connection with her as, okay. a, as a songwriter. Okay, great. And uh, this album had a huge influence on me and my attitude towards music. And uh, I'm going to play uh, just the first track, Gloria, okay. um, of the album. Great. So, yeah. okay, so this is uh, Patti Smith, Gloria, from the Horses album. Jesus died for somebody's sins, but not mine. Milton hot thieves, wild cord on my sleeve, thick heart stone. My sins, my own, they belong to me, me. People say beware, but I don't care. The words are just rules and regulations to me, me.
Um, okay, so that was uh, the first track uh, from Anna Gloria from Patti Smith Forces album, an album that needs no introduction, really. Um, one of the best albums of all time, in mm. my opinion, as well. Mm. Um, it's still solid. Yeah, yeah. The entire after, album. After all this time. Mm. I saw her play in London um, 2016, I think it was, um, mm. at Field Day, and she was just incredible. Oh. Really, really incredible. I think she played... I remember she played the whole album in four and that was like the show and it was just, yeah, I'll never forget it. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. Okay, so um, I wanted to talk a bit about the recording uh, of your new album. Um, just going to find it quite interesting. Obviously, it, it was recorded in a church, mm. um, a church in Copenhagen, right? Mm. Um, Frederick's Church, also known as the Marble Church. The Marble Church. Done mm. my research. Mm. Um mm. So just when I sort of had a look at this place that you recorded it in, um, saw that it was, you know, it's over 250 years old, or at least when it was started to be built. Um, what's it like recording in, in, in that environment? Do you feel, does it have an influence on the final product of the record? Do you almost sort of, you don't really know how it's totally going to come out because you're know, so influenced by where you are recording it? Mm. Uh, yes, of course, the room always plays a very big uh, uh, importance on on the uh, uh, texture, the ambience of the album. When I uh, came into that space, I'd been there before on some concerts, and I seen Diamanda Galas playing there, okay. and I I seen um, Attila Fischar. I'm not so sure I'm pronouncing his name correctly from Mayhem. I okay. do his solo stuff. In there, and uh, this other Swedish uh, artist, uh, Maya Raitke, uh, playing her uh, own built uh, machines. And uh, I thought it was like that contrast to to that conservative environment, this church that is one of the finest churches in Denmark. Yeah. Uh, and they... Yeah, it's a very popular tourist attraction as well. Uh, and usually these kind of big, important places, they are quite conservative. Yeah. But then because I've seen these uh, people play there, um, I, f I felt that there has to be some kind of openness and uh, and curiosity towards uh, artists with maybe a more groundbreaking expression, more yeah. experimental expression. And I think that's very important when you go into a space like that in a church a religious sacred place that uh, it doesn't feel so conservative in that way that it's yeah that they are encouraging and that they are uh, supporting of what you do and, and what you want to achieve because then you get a, an idea that uh, you can do whatever in yeah. there and you go in there into that space with an open mind as well yeah so that yeah that effect that of course like the playfulness of of the process and the music and then and the ambience of the room, how the room reflect, reflected the sound, was also quite uh, amazing. The organ is placed, uh, the organ console is placed up on a balcony. Yeah. And then there is, it's a dome-shaped building, so it's uh, circular. And uh, I never played an organ in a circular dome-shaped room before. So it was fantastic to hear... Uh, the reflection of the sound when I was playing the organ because I was sitting up on the console very close to the pipes so I had this very intimate um, feeling of it but then I also get an extremely good 
idea of what the room sounded like because it, yeah it was the marble was reflecting the sound in a beautiful way and then it felt like I was in the middle of the room. I think it's maybe because of the dome, like how it's projecting down the sound yeah. on me. But the I... sound was reflected back to you quite well, so you could really hear. Yeah, kind of so it was. Around view of what's yeah, how, so how it's sounding. Yeah, absolutely, and I really felt that I was playing with the room, and yeah. that I w- could like play with the ambience and explore the ambience and uh, and uh, use it. And I think also Randall Dunn, the producer, he was also really fascinated with how the sound was projected and um, and like the 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 different materials in the room and the organ and how you could use it in various ways so we it was an extremely playful process uh, where we did some organ experiments great so um so when you go when you go about finding somewhere to record a record did you did you go did you consider a few places or did you know that you wanted to do it this particular church or was it i was a bit skeptical at first uh, because um, i my idea was to record on a grand big huge uh, pipe organ yeah because you there like the sound possibilities uh, in those bigger organs uh, it's just it's incredible yeah. you can you feel like you can do whatever uh, so when Randall suggested suggested this particular album in the uh, album organ <laughs> in the marble church, um, I didn't think it was big enough. Uh, and he um, he was like, "But I recorded this organ. It sounds amazing. Uh, I recorded it on uh, the Sotsul album, a Danish uh, rock band. And uh, yeah, I just found a really good setup for it. And then I." I said, yeah, send me some clips uh, so I can hear. And he sent me some clips, and it sounded really, really good. But I, I don't think I recorded that organ so much because of the organ itself. It was more the room, actually, that okay. I felt attracted to. So it just shows how important like the church, the actual physical church itself is to yeah, the, to the I mean, ultimate sound of the record. Mm, the room is the instrument. Yeah. Uh, and this is the fascinating thing with pipe organs, because you... You uh, customize them after the room, yeah. so everything is b- been taken into consideration where, when they were building the pipe organ. Yeah. So th- I mean, the room is as important, uh, and um, and in this case, uh, the room became even more important in a way. Amazing. Mm. Okay, that's great. So um, I guess we'll move on to another track that you've chosen. Um, so what's the second record that you've picked out? So the second uh, album that I'm holding in my hands uh, is The Sun, Monolith and Dimensions. I think many people would know them from uh, naming them Sun O. Yeah. Uh, but I learned that that is, that is not correct. <laughs> ah, so we have it on good authority. <laughs> it's just sun. So it's Sun. Uh, Monolith and Dimensions and uh, this is a I think this album, you have to listen to the entire album. It It's important as a whole. Yeah, so, I, I really find that with their records as well. It's kind of, uh, it's, it is a whole, isn't it? And yeah, so I'm, I'm just going to start from the beginning and uh, people will have to work their way from there. And that's the first tr- track on the album is um, Agartha.
Okay, so that was Agartha by Sun. Um, not Sun O, as Anna mm, rightly pointed, pointed out. out. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, just obviously back on the new album, while we're, what we're here to talk about really. So, I just wanted to like ask you about some of the themes of the new album. So, um, I got sent a copy of the new record and also on your website at the moment there's like a short poem that you've put with it to kind of announce the, al- the album mm. um i wondered is that i assume that's like a kind of a clue to the themes you're kind of yeah to deal with in the record i wonder if you could talk about those a bit more because i thought the poem was beautiful um mm. and Scott, i wanted to get your take on how you kind of associate that with what you're talking about on the record yeah i'm gonna try to to boil it down a little bit yeah i know so, it's not easy so it's, it's quite a hard yeah to yeah to kind of to, to, and, and, so and much, hopefully but. I can I, I can tie all the threads uh, together, uh, but um, basically I wrote this album uh, when I was in this uh, state of um, <sighs> I don't want to call that state of mind uh, I I don't want to name it or categorize it or anything, but the, there was a feeling of um, that I had kind of lost my creative ability okay. and that I lost my uh, connection to my imaginary mind and my imagination, which was <laughs> like a big, huge contrast to uh, to what I've been doing before with my previous album, Miraculous, which is so much about the, the fantastic power of our imagination and how it works and how we can shape and, and mold our surroundings. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I just fell into this place where I didn't feel connected with it anymore. And uh, yeah, in this passive, quite ne- neutral state of mind uh, and hopeless kind of state of mind. Uh, and my way to kind of uh, work my way out of this condition. Yeah. Uh, was to just do things what I normally do and play music yeah, and uh, try to live my life as normal as possible <laughs> and not stress too much. Yeah. Was it kind of just trusting that that time would pass mm. in, it, on its, in its own way? Like writer, yeah. writer's block almost. You kind of, you know, yeah. the only way to deal with it is to kind of... Yeah, but but because I was writing music, so I can't really say that it was a writer's block. It was just like an imaginary block. Yeah, okay. Because I had my very, very dark imagination. It was projecting its uh, own ideas onto me yeah. and um, gradually kind of degrading itself and deconstructing itself. So it was like a, a, contra- a contra- contradiction uh, way of contradiction in how our mind works yeah yeah that's sometimes it's also our worst enemies uh but then i mean i was writing music and then gradually i kind of pulled myself out of this uh, state of mind and the songs that you hear on dead magic uh, are the songs that i wrote while i was in this condition okay but now today i brought them a new meaning i have new interpretations of the songs uh, because i don't know what i was thinking i don't know what i, I was in this just in this void, so it's hard for me to talk about them. Okay. And now today, I mean, yeah, now I do have my n- new interpretations, and I guess there is a, like a core uh, where I still can get in touch with the energy that was during that period. But 
I think with this poem, with the Walter Jungqvist poem, uh, I want to like emphasize the importance of being in contact with your own imagination and uh, your own creativity. So by like publishing this poem, I want to encourage people to make their own interpretations of them and to kind of value uh, and praise our imagination. And also just a little reminder that we are constantly, we, are, we will always be um, creatures with a very strong imagination, even if it's dark or even if it's light. So yeah, yeah I, that's, that's, the, that, that's, um, that's the reason of the poem okay. and the purpose of the poem. Okay, mm. great. So as I always think like the best albums are always like, they're really about like a, it's like a time and place of when they were written or when they were made, whether that's like a movement, you know, like, you know, something in the sixties or something, or like a personal kind of time and place which is kind of mm. what you described. Yeah. And it's and nice I, to hear that that's kind of, like you said, it's very much a case of the album is mm. very much a product of like that yeah. time and place for you. Mm. And also I think looking at that poem when I read it, because I found it afterwards, I was thinking like, how can I present this in a, in a, in a way that feels uh, honest. And then I found that, um, that quote uh, in a Walter Junkvist uh, book. And I just thought, I, like I thought about the whole transparency of our society, that everything has to be explained. And in like, if you talk about politics, I think it's uh, extremely important. But in art, I think it can be dangerous to, to, to give the perceiver all of the information yeah, that you're taking away the creative tool and uh, you, you kind of taking away the tool so that the perceiver can can create uh, its own bond with with the with the art uh, object or whatever it is and because when you start using your own imagination and when you start articulating your own idea about something you uh, or at least this is what i think <laughs> <laughs> i think you create a more personal bond with it and yeah you you it becomes more sacred in a way. Yeah, I can mm. only agree. Yeah. yeah, it's very much, I mean, it's a, you know, when someone listens to the record, for them to have the opportunity to, like, form their own bond with it. Yeah. As opposed to kind mm. of you trying to dictate, you know, this is what, you know, you sh this is how you should feel when you, you know, listen to this part of the record. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's very much about people yeah. connecting with it in their own way. Exactly. So I'm, I'm going to encourage that uh, throughout the whole uh, uh, process of this album. Mm. Fantastic. Um, okay, so um, we'll move on to another track. So it's the third one that you've selected. Um, what record have you picked out for us? Um, now uh, I am holding Swans, White Light from the Mouth of Infinity. And uh, I've been a fan of Swans for many years. Me too. And Amazing uh, band. Amazing, really amazing band. I have the, the great luck of going on tour with them ah. for six weeks. And... Um, Michael Jira asked me to join them. I don't think he knew that I was a fan uh, when he asked me. Uh, and then I'd, I'd, I'd listened to lots of their albums uh, on, um, on online streaming platforms. But uh, this one was uh, the first one that I had on vinyl. And I think like in, in opposition to many of their other albums, this has a little bit more bright light yeah. uh, touch to it. Yeah, definitely. And... Uh, I think just think his voice is perfect in this. Uh, I'm not saying that they should try to do pop songs, but I'm just saying they can do whatever, uh, almost anything, and it will sound fantastic. And the song "You Know Nothing" uh, has a like a neo folk vibe o uh, vibe ov over it that yeah. uh, I think is absolutely 
Yeah, marvelous. Okay, so mm -hmm. here is Swans, You Know Nothing. Yes. Standing in the fire Beneath the crimson moon The ocean whispered on the shore And echoed in the ruins Inside your body is a clear blue light And time was made from this Your shadow swallows everything it feels Punish us with bliss
that was Swans. Uh, you know nothing um, from White Light from the Mouth of Infinity album. Um, I've always felt Swans are one of those bands for me that like Swans Records is just such a great thing to own. It's, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just something about their music. Just, it's just so nice to have something like that. Yeah, but they also seem to be one of those bands who are really thinking about the whole format. Yeah. So. I feel with artists who are working with music uh, in the like with the format in consideration while composing the music, that's usually the bands that you want on vinyl. Yeah. Uh, so you can really kind of go into that deep listening. Uh, yeah. That you can. It's easier for me to do that when I listen to vinyl than uh, than online. Yeah, mm. I agree. And even like a record's sort of really done right, you know, especially with vinyl the format you know taken into consideration even like the, the time when you've got to stand up and turn it over is sort of considered and it's that kind of comes at the right time as well yeah exactly yeah uh, it's it's really nice it makes the listening to it a lot more a lot more pleasurable i guess in a way it's the way i mm. describe it but yeah i i wish uh that uh you could have more minutes on one side of a vinyl uh so like i have problems and maybe swans have problems with that if you if you make six songs or seven songs and many of them are quite long you can only fit two of them into one side and yeah. then you have to make a double album or a triple album uh, and you also have to like shop up uh, shop the songs up uh, so you yeah between every second song it would be so nice if you could have like one hour uh, of a piece on one side. Yeah, we could invent a disc like the size of this table. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. It's about the only way. But. Yeah, yeah. Wow. This, yeah, like wheel. Like you have to. Yeah, it's like the the vinyl is becoming a wheel. Yeah. All of a sudden. <laughs> we're s obviously no one can see what how where we're sitting at the moment, but we're yeah, sitting yeah. around quite a big round table, so yeah. which is a lot bigger than a normal record. So. Yeah. Um, okay, so um. Uh, the day after the album comes out, so the album's out on the 2nd of March, um, you're going on tour on the 3rd, um, starting in Dresden, going through Germany, the Netherlands, coming to London, uh, playing at the Dome in Tuffman Park on the 12th of March. Mm. Um, I've given a special mention to the London show just because that's where we're sitting right now. So, mm. uh, And then home to Sweden to finish the tour for the mm. time being. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to make people aware that you're going to be out there and playing as well. I've seen you... Yeah. Mm. I've seen you play a couple of times now. I saw you, I think both the last times you played in London, you played at Oslo and Hackney. Mm. I was there. I actually met, I think I met like your auntie. I met quite a lot of your family there. <laughs> your niece, your nephew, they're all there, right? Yeah, <laughs> I have the best family. They, they yeah. came up, I was with a friend yeah. and they came and asked like what we thought of it. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm a big fan. Like I work at a record shop, you know, mm. we've been playing the, the new, well, the new album mm. at the time. It was yeah, new yeah. then. Oh. Um, so that was quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. My family, they're spread out all over the world. So it's like no matter where I go, there's always someone popping up somewhere. Yeah. So it's fantastic. I, I couldn't oh. believe it. I think it was I think it was your auntie came up and talked to her. And then like more and more people from your family started coming. She was like, oh, these guys, they work in a record shop. They're big fans. <laughs> yeah. It was really nice. Yeah, she's very, both of my aunties are very friendly. Yeah, uh, that was cool. I really, <laughs> really enjoyed yeah, that. They have great social skills. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they were mm. lovely, really nice. Uh, um, but yeah, anyway, you're going on tour. Um, and plan after that, you say you're going on tour with Swans. When's that happening? Yeah, uh, I was uh, on tour. Oh, ah, okay, uh, sorry. So maybe I, I said it wrong. It, I'm <laughs> Dramatically. sure it was me, don't uh, worry. <laughs> grammatically. Uh, no, I was on tour with Swans uh, in 2016, the winter of right. 2016. Um, and now I'm going to do this first tour in March that you just mentioned. But then 
I'm not going to go to Chicago uh, and work with the ballet for uh, three weeks. Oh wow! And um, I've been doing this. I've been doing. I've been doing this uh, Midsummer Night's Dream piece uh, together with the Stockholm Ballet a couple of times, okay. where I'm solo vocalist, and the music is composed by a fantastic guy called Mikael Karlsson. And the choreography is by Alexander Ekman. So I'm going to go to Chicago and, yeah, I'm a hired vocalist. Vocalist, so it's like my first uh. proper vocalist uh, job. Wow. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's going to be quite amazing to bring that piece uh, to uh, the States. Brilliant. And um, how long is that running for? Where is it, where is it on? Because we will have some listeners uh, in America, I'm sure. So. I, I don't know ooh, the, the place yet where they're going to have it. Oh, okay. Or I... I don't remember, <laughs> but I think it's a big, it's a, probably a really big place because the production is extremely big. It's huge. I think it's 40 dancers on stage and yeah. like trees coming down the ceiling. And so it's a serious ballet. It's a serious ballet. Yeah. The ballet that I will perform with uh, in the States uh, are, call, are calling themselves the Joffrey Ballet. Okay. And uh, yeah, quite a big company, I think. Uh, but that's basically all I know. Okay. Mm. It sounds great. It sounds like it's going to be quite an interesting project for you and for anyone that's lucky enough to go see it. So. Yeah, I think it's going to be strange just when you started working with your new album live in a live format and then all of a sudden you have to like just fly off do to do a ballet in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. going to do the ballet. Okay, yeah, so you're going on tour, starting in Germany, Netherlands, one show in London and back to Sweden. Um, mm. So I just wanted to urge anyone who can get to any of those shows uh, just to go. Uh, the second time I saw you in London was at the St. John, uh, the church, oh, St. The John Bethany and Bethany Green. Yeah. And mm. it was like, it's, I absolutely loved it to see you play in like that room. I guess when you mm. were talking about earlier, the, the sort of the room being part of the album, that gig mm. for me was really, I know it's different because it wasn't, you know, an organ and stuff like that, but it was, to see you there was like, was really, oh, really incredible. That was one of my absolute favorite shows. It was something, it was not only the room, the audience. It was really special, yeah. yeah. There was a great Just connection. Everything, the audience, uh, the room, obviously you and the band, of course. Mm. The lights, everything mm. was just amazing. Yeah, I think the Dome is more of a, it's more a rock uh, club, Yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so it's it's, it's, it's going to be... Like a lot of heavy kind of psych bands play mm. there, sort of generally. We're going to play, we're going to play a heavy set. It's going to be completely different. Uh, oh, really? In its atmosphere, okay. I think. But, um... Yeah, where you bring the music, the room literally makes a mark sometimes. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, I just thought, yeah, anyone who's uh, thinking of going or or not, just go anyway, because <laughs> that show is incredible, <laughs> really is. Um, okay, so we're on to track four. Mm? Um, what's the last one that you've chosen for us? Uh, I'm going to do some, some self-promotion here. <laughs> In one way, or or uh, self promotion is maybe yeah, it's maybe a little bit correct, but right now I'm holding um, Scanner uh, Fibulae. Okay, Uh, I don't know these guys at all. He is an electronic musician. He's been doing music for a very very long time. He's also a good friend with my father, and I known him since I was a child. Okay, and uh, uh, he released this album on my label. Pompreposa Records, and he contacted me uh, one day. I mean, I had this label for two years, so he contacted me maybe uh, one and a half year ago. Yeah. And uh, and 
told me about this new album um, that he had a new studio album coming and that uh, he would love if I would take a listen and ask me if I would be interested in releasing it. And then, uh, you know, as a fan of, of Robin as a person, but also as a musician, uh, of course I listened and it, it, it was mind-blowingly beautiful. So I was like, <laughs> Robin, are you sure that you want to release on my little shitty label? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can't, we don't have muscles to do anything, but we're passionate about music. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, yeah, I would love to. It would be an honor. And then I said, okay, the, the honor is all mine. And uh, this is, yeah, this is the outcome. And um, it's absolutely amazing. And uh, I'm going to play my favorite track. There's also um, a music video for this track. And okay. it's called the Spirit Cluster.
Okay, so that was uh, Scanner, um, the track Spirit Cluster, which is on Anna's own record label. Um, so, yeah, not quite shameless self-promotion. I think it's <laughs> fair, to, fair to say you're, you're allowed to do that. Um, oh. um, not something I'd heard before now, so, yeah, definitely going to be looking at yeah. looking into Scanner a lot more. You should play this in, in your store. I will. Trust me, I will. But also, actually, I, I mean, now I didn't have time, but I, I found another album from my record, uh, from my label. Let's play. Let's play one from it. If you want to choose a track from that, oh, yeah, we can yeah, play yeah. it. Oh my god. Okay. So this is the uh, drum, a perfect bl a blind, and uh, it's. Um, uh, I don't know. There are like many, many people involved here, uh, but. Uh, I have to pronounce his name correctly. Okay, yeah. Mark Van Hoen. I never met him. And uh, Mike Harding, who I've uh, met uh, several times and yeah. we collaborated together. And uh, they released this drum on the Libre as well. And it's absolutely amazing. And uh, I was happy to find it here in the store. Uh, Mike is That wasn't uh, like pre planned, by the way. We didn't. <laughs> no! <laughs> was going really well, we didn't. <laughs> I think we should, from Proposal Records, we should have our, our own little um, uh, spot. We can talk after, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's off the, t off the table, so. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, I, I am a fan of, of, uh, of uh, them, and especially Mike Harding. He's, uh, he's been just supporting and creating music for a very very long time now and he's doing so much for the experimental music scene yeah. and uh, he when he asked me if i wanted to release this album i didn't know that he was making music himself yeah. because he's always curating or putting things out on his own label touch and uh, he's yeah it's also a publishing company so it seems like he's working with a lot of artists and then when he sent me this uh, album i thought it was uh, absolutely beautiful and yeah, I was wondering why haven't you done more music yourself? Why haven't you put it out? And he didn't really have an answer to that. So. Yeah, mm. well, hopefully that's <laughs> instigator for him to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> some more. I mean, it's great, like you say, with your label, you can just kind of use that to support other artists like that that you really like personally. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's yeah. Yeah, it's great. I, I like to play them for you here as well to help that. Yeah. In our way. Oh, well. and and also the track that I this is the same like the same thing that with the Sun album. It's uh, the experience as a whole. Yeah. Uh, is is important. So, also with this with this one, I'm going to start with the first track, uh, "Back to Station." Okay, so this is Drone with "Back mm. to Station."
Okay, so that was uh, Drone with Back to Station. Um, and then we've um, obviously spent quite a while here talking about your music and your new record, um, Dead Magic, which comes out on the 2nd of March. Um, so now I'm personally really looking forward to, and especially looking forward to the seeing you live again, playing this, this new record. Um, so, yeah, we've talked about it for so long. I think it's time that we <laughs> played something from it. Um, and we'll just let that play us out because we've... Um, it's been really good talking to you about the influences of the album, um, your influences personally, uh, what your plans for the future are and stuff. So I think it's good for, especially anyone who hasn't heard your music before, to sort of quite a good background now to, to yeah. listen to some of it. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, we wanted to let you choose a track from your from the latest record. Okay, so uh, as we're onto the longer tracks now, I'm going to also pick the longest track of this album, uh, Ugly and Vengeful. Okay, mm -hmm. so this will be Ugly and Vengeful from the new album Dead Magic's out on the 2nd mm -hmm. of March. Um, we've definitely just broken the record for the longest podcast of ever time, <laughs> I think, as well by this time. Um, uh, and that's it, I just wanted, before we play the song, I just want to say thanks so much for coming in. Oh, um, thanks for having this me. This is kind of half-planned, and I really appreciate you doing it. It's my it. first time in this store, so I'm happy that I got to finally got to see it. I'm glad mm. you found a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, just, so much stuff. Know, Anna's got a huge pile of records on the table and stuff <laughs> that she wanted to play it. <laughs> Each one was probably a 17-minute track on them that she yeah. wanted us to put on the podcast. Oh, my God, so yeah, I find so many good she's, things. She's found a lot of stuff. Mm, I'm seeing yeah. the Interstellar soundtrack here yes. as well. I'm so, a I'm, lot of good stuff here. I'm sad I didn't get to play that I saw one. I a Led Zeppelin though. album Fuck. in there somewhere. Mm. It's one of my favourite bands of all time as well. The which one? Led Zeppelin. Oh, yes, yes. There's Led Zeppelin too you had there, right? Uh, yeah, it's, is it back in the... Yeah, like Sabbath, we have as well. Flowers Must Die. It's a really good Swedish psych band, if you yeah, don't know them. Yeah, I know them, yeah. You know them? Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Led Zeppelin too. Uh, very important band. Yeah, one of my, my favorites. During one of my, my all-time favorites. I was playing drums w uh, in uh, high school, and I had uh, uh, two bands that were important for me in 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 my approach to drumming. It was Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath. Yeah, mm. yeah, says it all, really. So yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, thanks again for talking to you, uh, for talking to us. Sorry, and. Uh, is a track from the album Dead Magic out on the 2nd of March. Thanks a lot. Thank you.
Rough Trade Radio. I'm all out of Blood, the new album by Rye. Available in store and online at roughtrade.com. subscriptions help to support what we do so if you like what you hear then please rate us on itunes